Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. And we have our crossover show, this week's crossover. And I've already, Kelly's already made me laugh because I can see you doing the Wayne's World counting as Bree's counting us in because I do it in my head every time. And I know that's exactly what you were doing. I, I was doing so let's that. lead it off with the fly by yourself, Kelly Henkel. So you may notice I'm wearing precisely the same exact clothes I wore on pregame on Saturday. There you go. Because I both respect and fear the gods that rule all of our lives. So hopefully the vibes will be reset and we will all be celebrating later. Desperately need to reset the vibes. After yeah. Last Desperately. Night. Rancid yes. vibes last night. You know what they say about game seven? On the seventh day, God rested. And that's when the Phillies fans, Phillies fans found and killed him. We will do that tonight as well. <laughs> what? <laughs> have you not seen? Have you not seen the tweet that goes like, "What makes the what makes the team like what makes the atmosphere so special?" And it's like I don't think it's random. It's you know it's an emotionally expressive team with a psychotic fan base that believes in God and wants to find and kill it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He must be failed. He's something like that. that but it's hilarious. Right. <laughs> and I like I send it to Ava all the time, and she she's like, "What's the matter with you that Nothing. when you read this?" You laugh for like 22 consecutive <laughs> minutes. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Also from Broad Street Hockey, the one and only Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. Uh, the vibes were absolutely putrid last night. So you know what's going to help with the Phillies? Knowing the Flyers play at 11 p.m. That's going to help the Phillies. We're going to get through this game. That's right. The, the Phillies I hate 11 p.m. games. I think this should the, be illegal. The, they could relinquish control of the city to the division leading philadelphia Don't flyers and they gotta win that would be absolutely horrific imagine <laughs> if the us, flyers really. and gritty took control of the city <laughs> <laughs> last but certainly not least philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter charlie o'connor yeah so last game was real bad um not for the flyers flyers last game was oh, fine good. um but the game i was at last night was was pretty awful. almost a perfect last game for the flyers minus the loser point one could argue, yeah i say one could argue it was actually the perfect outcome <laughs> everyone looked real good and they lost <laughs> like that's that's kind of what we're going for here uh, i have to change gears just to start off real quick uh now working every day for the first time in like my adult life, basically. <laughs> uh, it, it's been about 10, 11 years since I've had to take the Ben Franklin Bridge every day. Mm. Does it concern anyone else? The nonstop maintenance that this bridge requires? Every single day, there's lanes closed on both sides. There's dudes just pulling on stuff and reconnecting things. Does this not worry anyone else that this bridge... That looks like a strong wind could take it down at any time. Does anyone else worry that the constant maintenance about the constant maintenance it requires? So I let me tell you what about the Ben. Sorry, Kelly, I just completely cut you off. The train running along the outside freaks me out about the Ben. The whole toll situation where it's just like it's not in front of the bridge it's off to the side of the bridge and no matter what lane you go in you got to swerve around other cars and trucks the ben freaks me out period oh it was insane because there was something going on in the walt whitman that it was entirely backed up so everyone's taking the ben franklin and that swerving situation was absolute fucking insanity today steph can't believe i didn't commit like several felonies on the way here <laughs> Because as chill and relaxed as I am on a regular basis, I am my true self in the car. <laughs> and my true self is a vulgar maniac. Well, wait, wait, wait. Back up for a second. As chill and relaxed as you are on I a regular basis. I think everyone basis, would agree that I'm fairly, uh, I, fairly even, uh, normal, we, we, relaxed guy. I, I'll, I'll I've never pass, seen Bill get but emotional. But let me just say, I, I'm, my, my objection, I hope the judge is noting my objection on that front. <laughs> anyway... I want to know if anyone else is like concerned about the constant I think just maintenance. Painting it is what my point was. I saw no paint. The other day, I smelled a very <sighs> strong paint fume while I was running, which was great because I was like, "How many years am I taking off of my life breathing these fumes in?" Very no more deeply. than your regular, um, yeah. Yeah, they just seem to be 
painting one side and then painting the other side and then just like back and forth painting is this like at all times forever is this like the golden gate bridge it's a five-year project and it needs to be done every five years well, like, it's, it's not a five-year project they're perpetually working on everything it's i think it's been for the last four years and i don't even know i, I am a, i'm weird in that when it's not in Pennsylvania, I don't know what any of these roads are called. I just know I have to use them to get to Voorhees. And they have been working on that stretch from... From 42, 76, yes, 676 yes. has been under construction my entire yes. life. And and they, they've been working on the exit area where you have to leave that to go to Voorhees for the last two and a half years because they've been trying to build this like long extended curve which just makes my life miserable every single day when I go to practice and it's like when are you going to get this thing done ever probably no, not long New Jersey curve is super necessary it's on 295 and it's to split the traffic that's going to 42 down the shore every Friday which backs up 295 all the way to Morristown you need that overpass yeah. I miss living so in it. That's guys. never going to be done. Uh, never once. Also, if you're, taking, if you're taking that way to the shore, you're already in Welcome trouble. Welcome to the track. You're anyway. already. You're already anyway, I just, in trouble. I, I just, I find it, I find it concerning that this bridge needs constant maintenance. Like, I don't know, build another one. Like, by We've the time, got a lot of bridges. Like, just build it right next to it. <laughs> and by the time it's done, like, the constant maintenance that this thing requires, you just let that go, and the thing will be decrepit enough that you can blow it up, and the new one will be ready. These, these are just, I'm not an architect or an engineer. <laughs> Clearly. It's just something that I've been thinking about having had to use sure. this bridge every day for the first time in, like, a decade. On to the, the flyers. Jobs well, to Philadelphia is what I'm hearing. On to yes. the On to the sports. Uh, oh, yeah. while the Flyers are off to a nice start, we have an historic moment happening in South Philly in a few hours. The Philadelphia Phillies will participate in their very first game seven in franchise how, history. How is that possible? It's wild. Well, they've for the longest for time, 700 years, they're as old as America. Yeah, but they've the, been bad for most of the time. But for the oh, longest yeah, time, I think until like 1970, there was only like the, the best series. record in the AL yeah. versus the best record in the NL, and oh. you played in the World Series. And the Phils went to like one World Series in 1950. Yeah, because they stunk. Yeah, and they like they've been horrible since Let's Reconstruction, see. basically. That's why they have over 11,000 losses. I'm learning. Um, <laughs> and like then it was all best of five series until the World Series, and they've only been to a handful of those. Now that they have the full format, it's not like there's been a ton of Game Sevens, I but see. this is still the Phillies' first. I am very excited about this. While it is the Phil's first, the Flyers have participated in quite a few games seven. And I wanted to go through a few here because Did you say games seven. I am obsessed with the fact that you said wow. game seven. I believe that is, that would be correct. Wow. That's why you say it. I, I yes. even if that's right, it doesn't feel right. No, I'm all on vibes today. Game sevens doesn't also like it's not game multiple seven. sevens. Game it's seven. all game. It's all the that's seventh perfect. game. I hate it. It's the games that are multiple. I hate anyway, it. Anyway, you might be right, but I still hate it. They right. have participated in quite a few of these winner take all tied at three situations. And I wanted to go through some of our absolute favorites. Um 2010 has to be the consensus number one. I mean, they come back from 3-0 in the series and then in the and game. Then in the game, and, everyone's yeah. heard my story about it. I was in Milwaukee for Phillies, uh, Phillies Brewers because the series had just gone like 3-0, and me and all my friends are sitting around like, I don't know, they're wearing the old school, and this is before they wore the blue jerseys regularly. Like, they're wearing the old school blues for, like, an 80s weekend in uh, Milwaukee. Let's go up there. I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> My buddy Mike goes, you know, just to throw it out there, <laughs> game seven will be the Friday of the first game of the series. I was like, buddy, I don't think we got to worry about that. Well, we did. Apparently, we had to worry about that. <laughs> we did have to worry about it. So we watched the game in a the in-stadium TGI Fridays at Miller Park. Amazing. And... When they fell down 3 nothing, a bunch of Brewers fans started buying us drinks and shit because they thought if we were – because we're Philadelphia fans. Obviously, yeah. we're violent, violent lunatics. No, of course. They thought if they were nice <laughs> to us, we wouldn't destroy their bar. <laughs> and then they started coming back, and everyone – like the whole stadium became Flyers fans. That's amazing. Yes. So that was a really good time. I've got to believe that's everyone's favorite Game 7. Does anyone else have any good Game 7 stories? I was at the uh, the Farg. 
for that game where they were showing it on the, the watch party. Yeah, the oh, watch the party. Watch party that, that had which awesome. was good as hell because the best part about that was they very clearly expected maybe like three or four sections would be filled out. Like they only had a couple of concession stands open. They didn't have a ton of staff there. And then the entire lower bowl was filled with people. And the atmosphere was as good as any actual hockey game I've ever been to. It was so much fun. I mean, I think everybody who watched the game remembers the the when they would switch over and they would show the clips <laughs> yeah. of the of the Wells Fargo yeah. Center, and that was wild. It was crazy. it truly did look like everyone was just cheering what was happening on the actual ice surface. Mm-hmm. Can uh, the the two thousand eight first round at Washington was that was cool? That I, was wild because they had a three one series lead. They lose game one, win the next three, and then all of a sudden. Oh, shit. It's flashbacks to 2000. We're going to game seven. This doesn't feel great. And they win it, and it goes to overtime. Can you imagine what Citizens Bank Park is going to be like if this goes to extras tonight? Or if it's like bottom of the ninth tie game or they're down one? It's going to be unreal. I I think the one thing about that Washington series that it does, because I was actually thinking about that series this morning, thinking about tonight's game, and... It seems like, and again, I, I I have to remind myself that when I go on Twitter, I am self-selecting into not only the most deranged sections of Philadelphia fandom, but also the internal id of that most deranged section of Philadelphia fandom. I have to remind myself because it's like, no, that's not how everyone in the city is thinking. That's how the actual craziest people are thinking at any moment. But it does... The inspiration for heavy slime shirts is these people yes but it does seem like the general feeling is oh god they're gonna blow this things are bad everything is awful we're gonna lose and i thought back to that washington series because i believe they had a 3-1 lead in that series they blew it they lose game six at home and you're like oh shit it's over and it was just a reminder that i think fans sometimes can get caught up in this idea of like I'm personally feeling like crap right now. So therefore, inevitably, the bad thing is going to happen. And that Washington series is a reminder that, hey, no, sometimes you might feel like crap and it might feel like everything's against the team that you're rooting for. And then Joffrey Loop will score as a game winning goal in overtime. And that's just to like, we've talked about what this Phillies team is. If there's any team where game to game momentum does not exist, Oh, yeah, you won yesterday. You beat us at home. Yeah, we don't even remember that. I was going to say. That never happened. Do they remember 10 minutes ago? Yeah, this is that absolutely never even happened to these guys. And that's that. That 2008 Game 7 against Washington had an all-time great moment because Joffrey Lupel scores the winner in overtime. And you get the dead silence of the stadium because they're all bummed and, like, just dejected. And you only hear the celebration on the ice. And then the pizza. Like just, yes. And that's just a, <laughs> that is just an all-time awesome. Like, when you get to score an overtime goal like that on the road, yeah. it's such a cool moment because the only sound is the celebration of the players. Yeah, it's pretty neat. A lot of these Game 7s have great Game 6 moments. And the 7th, eh. Like 2000 conference final or the 2004 game six against Tampa Bay, an all time Philly game. Probably my favorite Flyers game. It's it's either that or the Boston game um, or game three of the cup final in 2010. But that game for game six of of 04 against Tampa. Gagne and Primo. I mean, Gagne was my favorite player at the time. I was still very much a kid. So, like, I was watching it like in my house with my parents. That game just it just gives me like incredible like this is what it's like to just be innocent and a child rooting for a sports team vibes. That 04 Flyers team. <laughs> I definitely wasn't feelings. an adult. <laughs> I, I was also was not child. an adult either. I was not no. living alone. No. no. I was I was young high school probably Very in 04. Small, small child. Yeah, that would so be young. I was high school. freshman or sophomore yeah, year of high school. It was probably. High school, yeah. Early uh, high school, I think, for me. That 04 Flyers yeah. team was the first one I remember, like, they have 
like they're trying hard enough. They might just not have the talent. Yeah. Like that team was out of gas. Pretty much everybody enti- was injured. Pretty much the entire team was concussed. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like, de- the whole defense was injured. Yeah, everybody Sammy was Kappen out. Is yeah. playing defense. He gets knocked out in the fucking Maple Leafs game. Like, oh man, that that year that playoff was awesome. Run. Uh, 2014 game seven against the Rangers. Awesome game six with the Wayne Simmons hat oh, trick. Yeah, oh, the Wayne yeah. Simmons hat. Yeah, That's about me that. and my buddy Frankie ended up sleeping at his parents' restaurant because we were both like, well, one of us will drive home. And we watched the game. <laughs> I was supposed to be working, I had to press pass with the orange update. And they had me in like the overflow room. Right, right. So I was like going to be watching on a TV in a basement. And I was like, if I'm watching this on TV, it's going to be at fucking Xfinity. Yeah, right. And I just went over there and met my buddy and we just got fucking hammered. <laughs> and we went out to the parking lot like, this ain't going to happen, dude. And we slept at his family's restaurant. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Oh, bomb bomb. Yes, yeah, we slept at Bomb Bomb that night rather than uh, die. Yeah, that, that 2014 home. series, like that ended. It was a bummer, but... I think we all kind of knew that the Rangers were better. When it came down to it, it was like Lundqvist versus Giroux, and this is the best defensive team. That was the first team that defended Giroux on the power play the way you had to. Just stand on top of him. Like, what are you doing? This is all about time and space. Everyone gave him room, and it was like, nah, McDonough's just standing next to him, so there's nothing we can do. And they didn't score basically the whole series. And they still took it to seven. It went seven, yeah. Uh, was Steve Mason on the 2014 team? I believe was Mason that, was there. Was Might. that or was that Mason? I think it probably was. Yeah, because it was after. It, 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 it was after the trade. It was after they uh, they traded Bob. So yeah, it would have been Mason. I guess you would think. Yeah, I never remember timelines. Maybe he was Bam. hurt. I don't know. No, I no, no actually, wasn't it Mason? Because wasn't that the that was the year when he got hurt at the end of the regular season, right? And then didn't he like miss? The first couple games. Maybe he's out the first couple like the first and Emery couple games. plays. Yeah, I think that was that series. That sounds about right. If you want to jo- jump in with the comment section, I'm just having trouble distinguishing between disappointing first round exits in the 2010s Please for the Flyers. Check. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. <laughs> in real time. Uh, anyway, I, I feel like that was the season flyers. that Steve Mason led up the goal from center ice. I feel like that was the season. That was 16 against Washington. Yes. Oh, yes. my bad. That was the Washington series. Right, that was the series when the whole the whole way that they would have won that series was going to be Sean Gatorier shuts down Alex Ovechkin, and then Sean Gatorier gets hit by Alex Ovechkin in Game One and yeah. separates his shoulder or whatever it was. It's like, well, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these are uh, these are some of our favorite Game Sevens. There you go, Charlie. Game, game Sevens. No, you're right. Before. No, I you think you are right. I just hate it. I, I just make like surgeons general, um, attorneys general. We, yeah, we want to um, we want to have some sort of ticket giveaway for Saturday's game. We're gonna have it. I just don't know how we're gonna do it yet. So stay tuned for how to win those. I want to do something with the first pair with favorite game sevens, but we'll get to that. I want to get to some headlines because it's been a while since we've all been together. On uh, I think what was it? I mean, what not that long ago? It was we did the Friday show was our crossover last week, but we were not. Joined by the fly by herself. We're so missing wanna, the fly by herself. I, I want to get to some of the stuff that we've been going through, starting with this three one in one start. Uh, I, I started Friday's show, Kelly. Winning is it actually good? Actually good. <laughs> Just as we all predict. Uh, how are you? Like, listen, we want them to rebuild. We yeah. know that the best way to do that is by getting high end draft picks. Yep. But I made the point. When a Flyers player takes a shot, I want it to go in. Every time. And it's very difficult to change that mindset. How are you feeling with this quick start? So, logically, yes, it would be great for the Flyers to get another top five pick in this upcoming draft. And they might. It's very early. Like, everything could fall apart very quickly. That said, as you said, it's impossible in the moment, game to game, to not root for them to win. Like during a game, I'm very John Tortorella. I do not care about the big picture. I just want them to score goals and win the game. And also, I think it's important to remember that for a rebuild, for development, it's probably good for the young guys to win a bunch of hockey games, to play well, to score goals, to get this kind of experience. Like an entire year on a trash team might not be great for, you know, what we want Owen Tippett to turn into ultimately. Maybe it's better if they're winning some games. And I 
think it's okay to enjoy that, even if ultimately you would like to see them get another high-end talent draft pick. Those are just lottery tickets. Wins are real and they're fun. So they happened. They they did happen. They did happen. You should be enjoying them, three, in my humble opinion. Three wins so far. Yeah. I was curious to hear what Kelly's opinion was going to be, given that Kelly is the one who enters every season believing the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, they're going to the playoffs. So. <laughs> I'm 100 percent sure. I of mean, that. At, at their first place in the Metro right now. They're yeah. holding down. They're in a play. If the season ended today. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Very nearly American <laughs> Thanksgiving. And you know what that means. When is Canadian Thanksgiving again? It was, it was like, like two, two weeks, weeks ago. Okay, so that, that's yeah. already happened. Okay. If you're in the Yoffs at American Thanksgiving, that means you're making them. So, you know. Typically. Just saying. Just Typically. Need, just need to avoid that 10-game losing streak. Well, I don't know her. I, I, I think, too, and this is something that we maybe talked a little bit about last week, but, but I want to emphasize it, is that... Well, I do 100% believe that the Flyers need at least one more key core piece coming out of the draft, preferably someone on defense. But hey, if that ends up being Macklin Celebrini, I'm not complaining. That said, I do think that we may be underrating, like, even if they were to get, say, Macklin Celebrini or you know, one of the top tier defensemen, like a Sam Dickinson, a guy who with, with legitimate or that six, seven Russian dude who is flying up draft boards right now um, in the top 10 or top five or top three or whatever. They still, if, if they're bad enough to get that, they're still going to have to deal with the fact that Sean Gaturier, then most likely if you're that bad, Sean Gaturier either got hurt again or regresses back into stinking, is on a real, real bad contract throughout the length of when you're hoping the Flyers are going to be able to take advantage of those entry-level contracts for those really good young players. Don't love that. It also would mean that Travis Sanheim regresses, and then suddenly he's a contract you can't trade either because he's a $3 million a year defenseman getting paid 6.25 mil with a no-trade clause. I think you know if the reason why they win is because it turns out Travis Sanheim is actually a top pair defenseman who's worth, you know, eight to nine million dollars a year. And Sean Gaturi is a one C Selkie contender who's worth 10 mil a year. And you're getting, you know, surplus value on those deals leading into when you guys like Mitch Kopp and Gauthier are, are coming in and hopefully changing and giving you the, the high end talent you need. Suddenly, you know, maybe I still want the young guy. I still want another blue chipper. But I can't deny that if it turns out that two contracts that we thought were going to be disastrous and potentially were going to hamstring them when they were hopefully turning the corner suddenly aren't just not albatrosses, but are actual like positive value deals, that would be great. And right now, the fact that they have a 1C and Honestly, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating here. Travis Adam has played like a 1D so far. Now, I don't think he necessarily is going to continue that. But hell, if he does, suddenly that $6.25 million cap, it looks like a damn good cap. He played, he played fucking 28 minutes the other night, and his results were not bad. They're pretty good. No. Like, I will say, as much as I do want those high-end guys, one, winning culture is important. I don't want these kids growing up in an organization in which losing is ultimately acceptable. Now, as fans, we can have the mindset that losses are wins. The players cannot adopt that. And I think it's good that, like, yes. if you get on board with, like, we support you guys winning games because at least some of these dudes are going to be contributors on the next great team. Yep. Also, while drafting guys is optimal, Elias tickets. Patterson and William Nylander. What yeah. if they're the blue chippers? You're really end? going with this. This I am. They're going to buy. This is the Flyers we're talking about. They want to honor past generations of Flyers hockey. Oh, past geez. generations of Flyers hockey pursued high-end talent through free agency and trades. Sure did. William how'd, Nylander, Elias Patterson. How'd that go? How'd that go? <laughs> pretty well they were relevant i would take what they were in the 90s over what they've been for the 2000s sure how many cups did they win yeah we'd like to see them actually win a stanley cup all you can do is build a contender like buffalo is building the right way how many times have they been to the fucking playoffs i was gonna say has there been a single stanley cup winner that didn't have a couple free agent buys like is anyone I'm not I'm not saying I'm opposed to free agent buys I'm saying I'm opposed to giving up four first round picks for Elias Pedersen 
as an offer sheet uh, while also giving for? him like 11 million dollars a year you give them those Not a picks fan. you do what you did with Grattan. they get the picks and then you get some of them back by giving them some players that's all did you okay. wasn't it gonna be I... with shea weber we offered like Couturier and Shen, and they were like, nah. So we're like, all right, here's the offer sheet then. Go fuck yourself. And then not getting Shea Weber at the entire franchise back a decade. Yeah. Oh, what a decade it was. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But like, there's a reason for that. There's a reason. Yeah, they had those guys rather than trade for Shea Weber. That was the problem. They anyway, need to be bad you're, for another really season. Gonna, this is going to be a year-long thing, isn't it? The Elias Pettersson offer sheet. It is. That I'm is never going to happen and would be a dumb move if they even did it. <laughs> it's never <laughs> a dumb move to acquire a star player. It's never. always smart to acquire a star player. You know what else is smart? Oh, What's geez. that? Replacing your old bread with hero bread. <laughs> and Can I confirm? I'm very happy Kelly Hinkle is here today to talk about the hero bread because she isn't even paid to say this stuff. She is an actual consumer of the product, and she's a big fan. Listen, I think we could uh, we could all stand to be a little healthier, make some better de- better decisions, especially this time of year. I know I'm going to be drinking my calories and carbs tonight, <laughs> and uh, probably through the the championship round as well as our fightings make their play for another world title. That's where Hero Bread comes in. No matter what you're looking to make yourself, there's a Hero Bread option for you. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. Uh, But all their products have hit the spot for me because Hero Bread has great taste and texture. It's fluffy and delicious. And right now, Hero Bread is running a promotion for PHLY listeners. The discount code for your first purchase, PHLY, for 10% off at Hero.co. That's right. Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today with promo code PHLY. So there you go, Hanks. I was going to Sprouts after the show to get some more Hero Bread, actually. So Hero Bread, call me. <laughs> they uh kelly a big supporter and yeah they have been supporting us as far as low carbs bread <coughs> low carb bread goes it's actually pretty tasty okay i know no one's interested in that but it's it's pretty good you're a bread call me <laughs> uh, listen as someone who consumes carbs via li- liquid quite a bit i appreciate the options that hero presents to us uh so i wanted to talk a little bit about our biggest surprises and disappointments thus far in the season uh, the 3-1-1 one one start, probably the biggest surprise and disappointment for the fan base as a whole. <laughs> it's a Schrodinger season. <laughs> I think I think 1-3-1 one, and one would have been a lot more exciting for a lot of people. But here we are, 3-1-1. One and, one, and outside of the Ottawa game, they've looked really good yeah. in like every single one. Listen, after the Ottawa game, even John Tortorella, he had the, uh, he had the reaction that I did. Holy shit, Columbus is terrible. <laughs> that was funny. And then they come out and they beat up on Vancouver with that ridiculous second period. They owned Edmonton, who has problems of their own right now. And then they look damn good against the Dallas Stars, who might be one of the two or three best teams out west. Now they are preparing for the Vegas Golden Knights, the undefeated defending champions. We will see how that goes at 11 o'clock tonight. We're going to talk about Frozen Frenzy or whatever the hell they're calling this thing. Uh, but I just want to talk about some of our biggest surprises and disappointments to start. I got to say my biggest surprise, and there have been a few. Can't believe I'm actually like in on Travis Sanheim, but oh. another defenseman, Sean Walker. Yeah. What are we doing here with Sean Walker? He's he's going to take this Ashby trophy away from Sanheim. That's It's not even going to be <laughs> Cam York. He was just a guy. It turns out he is like not a guy. Yeah, he's, he's like, like an actual person. Really good. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else... A top four right-handed defenseman who can score, apparently, yeah. beat goalies clean with his shot on a regular basis. He's going to be worth a first-round pick. Everyone's all worried about these first-round picks. The Flyers are going to have four to give Vancouver just this year. Oh, man. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't even think. I mean, I'm, I'm completely ignoring can this. Can you do that? Completely ignoring this Elias Patterson okay. shit. But I, I didn't even think of the idea of Sean Walker being like, hey, if this is the real Sean Walker, if Sean Walker is healthy and completely revitalizing his career of the, hey, 
that deadline, he might have some real value, but yeah. that deadline, he might have some real value. He's been really good. You know, by the underlying numbers, he's been good. By the eye test, he's been good. He obviously has, has extra value because he's right-handed. And with Risto continuing to be out, he's their only right-handed shooting defenseman on the roster. But it goes beyond him being in the lineup just because he's right-handed. He has probably been their third or fourth best defenseman this year. And, you know, last year that would have been damning with fame praise this year. They actually have defensemen who are playing well yeah. and him being like a, a solid top four defenseman. That's cool. This is, this was never a bad player. I want to make that clear. This is a player who on, on LA was good. He was never great, but he was good. Then he dealt with injuries. Then he became not so good and also got shuffled out because they had a bunch of young guys who came up and suddenly he just wasn't really in the mix anymore. They weren't giving him maybe the time to play himself back into a rhythm. And then obviously they gave him away for essentially nothing to the Flyers in this Proveroff three-way deal. But this is not a guy who has always been bad and is just, you know, miraculously at age what, like 27, 28, becoming good He'll again. He'll be 29 on November 13th. Okay, so 28 going on 29. He was once a good defenseman. Now he looks like a good defenseman again. And suddenly the Flyers maybe got a little lucky here with this guy. That's cool. Oh, I've decided that it wasn't luck. I've decided that Danny Breer is just a genius. And this was all part of his master plan. Gotcha. I would like to I would like to believe that. Yeah. Who says who says it's not true? Steph, where are you at with Sean Walker at the moment? Well, I didn't know who he was last week, so I'm really impressed that (laughs) he's now made a name for himself. (laughs) (laughs) I know who Sean Walker is now, and that's impressive. He he is now in Steph Felicity's Steph Driver's memory bank. He is now a guy. He exists. He is not just a, a a concept. He's a person. That, he that, was, that, he, that's a big elevation. On Friday, he was an NPC, and today... I was going to say, no longer a non-playing <laughs> yeah. character. He has a controller. Today, he's got, like, an actual face in the, uh, in the like, on his game card. Uh, <laughs> Steph, what has been your biggest surprise thus far? The quality of teams that they've beaten. So, like, definitely along the same lines as you guys. Like, 3-1-1, and one, not a start I was expecting, but the quality of teams that they've been beating... I was not expecting that. I really think that something stupid is going to happen tonight and they end up beating the Golden Knights. I, I, like, if they beat the Golden Knights... Oh, and, not, no. and not for just For Vegas' first loss. Yeah, I'm and going not to just be beat the Golden Knights, but, like, like, beat them. Like, yeah, if, if they win because Carter Hart makes 45 saves, like, yeah, that's cool, and we'll enjoy it. But it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, right. Like, Vegas is still great. Carter Hart just stood on his head. But if they beat the Golden Knights and outplay them... I mean, suddenly we might have to start taking this shit seriously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going <sighs> to see how they look against the Golden Knights because that game is not going to exist to me until tomorrow morning when I watch the highlights. Um, but yeah, I because I kind of expected Dallas to handle them pretty easily. And then part of me thinks like, remember when the Flyers were good and you would they would lose to a bad team and you'd be like, oh, they played down or like they would they weren't ready because they thought it was going to be easy. The Flyers might be that team now for a team like Dallas, where they're like, well, we Dallas, don't really need to get up for the Flyers. It's Dallas's first time not starting Jake exactly. Ottinger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they gave up that three shorthanded goals, yeah. which yeah. is um, they, they may mathematically good. impossible. Yeah, yeah. They, they may have let their foot off the gas a little bit. And, and I also yes. want to be clear in that Dallas and, game that, you know, I think people looked at the shot counter and they're like, man, the Flyers outplayed the start. They really did it. Like, the Flyers had more shots. The Stars had better quality. And if you looked at the underlying metrics, they were about even in expected goals because the Stars have better players who can create better shots. But yeah. being <laughs> even with the Stars true, is true. like an, a hell of a performance yes. for this team. Yes, yes. I, agree. Like, I agree. Even if they got out shot and it would like them being equal with a team that we think could win the Stanley Cup, yeah. like it's yeah. pretty damn good for this team. Uh, and that's, I guess, like the defense as a whole, like earlier. When I brought up Sean Walker, you're like, oh, he's been like the third or fourth best defenseman. And last year, that would have been like, he's one of the worst players in the league. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And this year, like third or fourth best defenseman on this team is actually not a backhanded guy. It's like an actual compliment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, they got like three or four guys playing like top four defensemen. They they give up 23, 25 shots a night to these really good teams. Like, and like, yes, maybe like Edmonton just hasn't put their foot on the gas at all this season. It's a big deal up there. Yeah. What's, what's happening. I think to that's them probably right what happened there. But listen, they have Connor McDavid and we don't and nope. beat them. 
Yeah. I don't care if they're trying or not. They have the best player, and we don't have one of the hundred best players. So, like, <laughs> apparently not. Like, True, actually. You know? Yeah. So I, I would say the defense as a whole, Kelly. What's your bit and a biggest surprise been thus far? Um, Bobby Brink is a surprise for me. Like I know he had a good camp, but after the year he had last year in the AHL, I didn't one hundred percent believe it. And seeing him get a chance at an NHL spot and really step up and make it his is is pretty exciting. Because like you, Bill, I'm pretty high on him. I think he's a really fun player. So that's been a really nice surprise. And kind of the same for Igor Zamula, who has never really gotten a, a real extended chance to make himself into an NHL player. And now finally given that chance, he's actually doing it, which is nice to see. Yeah, I think Brink, and it's not like Brink didn't score points last year in the AHL, but everyone I talked to who watched the AHL team on a regular like basis, yeah. yeah, said he just wasn't like, yeah, he popped around and, you know, scored some points in the power play and he would show up, but most of the game he would look invisible or an outright liability. Yeah. And to be clear, that wasn't just something that was shared by people like fans and media watching the games. There were people in the Flyers organization, not, not all, like, for example, like I think Brent Flair, who was obviously one of the proponents for drafting him in the first place, he's been following him since he was like literally a little kid mm -hmm. in Minnesota. Like Brent Flair never gave up on, on Bobby Brink. He always thought Bobby Brink was going to be a quality NHL player, but there were people in that organization that were just kind of like, yeah, we'll give Brink a shot in camp, but, like, kid just doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not an NHL player. Sorry. Like, Brent might think he's good, but he's just wrong on this one. And I think Bobby Brink has gone a long way so far of really changing yep. people's minds, not just in the fan base, but in the organization. I think there are people who are are, are getting their eyes opened a bit to, to just how good maybe this guy can be. That's pretty cool. It is. It's pretty cool. And I just think <laughs> back to... <laughs> no, it wasn't. A, it should have been a setup, but it wasn't. <laughs> I just think back to that draft when we were so nuts about Cole Caulfield yeah. and get Cam York, and in the second round, it's Brink. It's like, well, actually, we might have gotten yes. the best of both worlds. And then I was like, all right, well, Cole Caulfield's like a 30-goal scorer now, and Bobby Brink looks like shit in the AHL coming off an injury. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I believe this. Yeah. And when he makes the team, it's... Right, maybe this is just an extended tryout. Like he played well enough in the preseason that we have to keep giving him a look. And now it's like, oh, if I have to take one of the two out, Forster's coming out yeah. before oh, Brent. Oh, easy. Like, yeah, should be an easy real, choice. Real fast. Like I make that decision like that if I'm uh, running things right now. As you should. I do have to take a pause for a moment though. Tell you about one of our new sponsors here, Soul Savvy. Don't mm -hmm. miss out on the biggest sneaker drops and download the Soul Savvy Drops app. Soul Savvy has been around since 2018, and their mission has always stayed the same. Get sneakers into the hands of people who love them the most. Soul Savvy is a sneaker community that operates in the USA, US, Canada, and UK. And there are three membership levels, basic, mobile plus, and premium, so it can fit all budgets. Uh, premium membership includes mobile plus features. Whether you're a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead, Soul Savvy has something for you, the basic version for casual sneaker buyer, gain access to their one-of-a-kind marketplace built for you uh, and not resellers. I am what you would call, I'm a casual sneaker buyer. That's now right. and then I'll splurge on a pair, but I've really liked what I've been seeing at the uh, on the Soul Savvy app and then Mobile Plus and Premium for the more hardcore buyers. Uh, sign up for Soul Savvy by visiting link links.soulsavvy.com slash phly or by downloading the drops by soul savvy app today you will be pleased with what you see over at soul savvy so go visit one of our newest sponsors and uh check it out i i have a couple pairs of jordans these air force ones i have but mostly i'm a converse guy yeah. like that's what i've worn most of my life but starting to get a little bit more into it why not give bill a full-time job and yeah. suddenly i become a bougie bitch <laughs> like I, forever, I was like, nah, I just wear Converse. I just wear all. And then I'm like, no, I need to buy it. I need the most expensive. Thank God we got the, uh, the, um, 
what's Shady Rays sponsorship, mm. so I don't have to spend nearly as much money on sunglasses as I was for like the first month of this job. <laughs> but that's that's basically like what I'm using our sponsorships for now to like stop spending as much as I have. Soul savvy. Check them out. All right, where were we? Biggest surprises and disappointments. Yeah. So okay, I guess I'll go with my. So we, so we want to go through the surprises and then go and to then disappointments? little disappointments. Okay. So I, to me, and you mentioned his name obviously because he's just such a glaring surprise but to me the biggest surprise is Travis Sanheim and it's not because I didn't think that he was an NHL caliber defense but I very much did I very much viewed him as an extremely quality number three and I think I am probably on the high end of people especially after last season of how people view Travis Sanheim because Travis Sanheim and I'm a longtime Travis Sanheim defender he was terrible last year he had an awful season basically from start to finish had a couple decent spurts but for the most part was a below replacement level defenseman on the whole and he needed to have a bounce back year big time but I when I said bounce back year in my head I was thinking bouncing back to being again a good second pair defenseman it's still early it's only five games but there's a reason why I'm working on a uh, feature on Travis Sanheim and his emergence as, at least through five games, a legitimate number one NHL defenseman. And it's because I never in a million years thought he could be a legitimate number one NHL defenseman, even for just five games. Would, like, I did not see that in him. Would just like to say, I don't know if you boys remember this, ages ago on our little podcast, I used to say, I think Travis Sanheim might be better than Ivan Provorov. And no, everyone was like, oh, Kelly, you're so silly. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just like to say that I was playing a long game and I'm clearly a genius. Well, so the so. one thing that I, I, I actually thought you were going to reference this, because the one thing that would be very funny and I, if the look, if the Flyers keep playing this well, they're going to have a lot of candidates. So I don't think it would ultimately be Sandheim. But if Sandheim holds this, like, oh my God, he's going to win the most approved again. It's going to happen. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It's yes. really three time most improved player. I need, I'm so invested the in this. The players vote now. on this, right? Yeah, they do. Oh, we I have to, to like happen. start a campaign. Yeah, can you start <laughs> like, slipping notes for we us, have Charlie? To, this has to suggest. be something but, but you really like, push, Charlie. If he is a 25 minute a night number one defenseman with great underlying numbers who scores like 40 something points i mean i don't know who would be more improved yeah like if farabee scores 30 goals i think it like goes to him automatically maybe because he's not a two-time winner before (laughs) i don't know but like it's gonna take like considering what he was last year it's gonna and like rookies aren't eligible, right? Like, no, how could they be improved? Like, There's no improve, improve from on, what? on what? Yeah, did yeah. like did Bobby Brink improve? He didn't play here last yeah. year, so oh my god, it could happen. I need it to happen. I now. really, really want this. But yeah, this keep, is the point of the season. I know, now. right? It's Travis Sanheim needs to win most year, improved. The Belly Lindbergh Trophy for an unprecedented <laughs> third time. No, but but keep an eye out. Oh, that that's going to be a piece. I'm working on it today after the show. Hopefully, get it done before the Phillies game. Um, that's going to be in our diehard tier. So just as a uh, little little sales pitch, there, Ooh. check out our diehard tier. More and more articles are getting popped up. I believe uh, Bo and Zach on our Eagle section put up their first diehard article late last week. Definitely check that out if you're a, a diehard member. And I've tried to keep up the plan, the preseason plan of one diehard member story per week. I haven't quite pulled it off. It's been tough also writing about the Phillies as well. But the Sandheim article will be behind the diehard tier. I spoke with Travis Sandheim one-on-one last week. Got some really Ooh. good insights from him on what he did over the offseason, how he's changing his mentality to, you know, get to, to be able to better handle number one minutes. Um, so check that out. And if you're not a, a diehard subscriber, a diehard member, um, definitely consider uh, consider becoming a member. It's uh, $70 for the year. Obviously, you get a ton of other benefits, in, including um, basically you get discounts on shirts, free stuff. We have a welcome package. Um, also, as we've discussed, cool. and we'll talk about this later in the show, we're going to have events. Um, this will be our kickoff event on Saturday, but that one is free. Future events, you know, you may have to to pay to get into. Diehard members either have discounts or get in free. So there's a lot of benefits to being a diehard. But if you want to read all my stories, 
That's another and benefit. And you can chat with me during games on the Discord. In the Discord. We have Ooh. the Discord. Yeah. And Bill figured out how to use the Discord. It's It was explained to me uh, as an AOL chat room. Yeah, and that's it what is. it is. So I, I was able. So my first question was so ASL, ASL right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I personally I give Sanheim my biggest surprise. Um, I guess I'll flip over to biggest disappointment. Uh, honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to say Morgan Frost because even though I don't think he had a good first two games, I don't want to blame him for the fact that the coach kind of used him as a scapegoat yeah mm. and like he's a disappointment because he hasn't played but that's not his fault that's on the coach so well. i i guess i would say my biggest disappointment probably just because i had really high expectations going in and i will say i thought he looked a lot better on saturday i hope he uses that as a springboard it's probably tyson forrester mm. i was expecting more from tyson he was uh he was gonna be mine tyson forrester thus far Listen, it's exciting that Bobby Brink has outplayed him to this point because that's just kind of a guy coming into this year we weren't counting on. So it's cool to have more than less. But I thought Tyson Forster had a chance to score 25, 30 goals this year. And listen, he does. It's five still games. Still yeah. Happen, yeah. But I just thought he was going to be as noticeable, if not more so, than during his call-up last season and to this point, he has not been. No, he hasn't. What's your biggest disappointment thus far, Kelly? So even though I know that he's always kind of been a bubble NHL roster guy, I'm pretty bummed about how the Wade Allison thing has turned out. Fair. He's a lot of fun. And it's it kind of sucks to hear how he's been dealing with the AHL demotion. Like apparently he's had a really yeah. bad attitude about it and Lappy doesn't like him, which doesn't bode well for you know, what's going to happen with him in the lineup for the, the Phantoms. And I've just, he was so fun when he was fun and he like, just looks like a flyer. Like I really wanted him to make it on this team. And now it really looks like he probably won't just because of everyone that's in front of him. Now, the fact that he's getting this reputation as, you know, a guy that might be a little bit difficult to deal with and doesn't have the best attitude. That's not going to be great in a John Tortorella organization. Like it just, it kind of seems like it might be the end of row for him, and that kind of sucks because I liked him. I've been thinking about, um, like, we talked about the 2010 run and the 08 game seven and every, like, loophole scores that, uh, that overtime winner. And he just kind of seemed like one of the guys that was going to be part of that core. Now, like, he and Upshaw weren't homegrown guys, but it felt like he was, you know, they were all kind of the same age as yeah. Riches and Carter. It was a core of dudes coming together. And then. Lupul is and Lupul, Lupul and Jesus Lupul and Spiza <laughs> go to Anaheim for uh, yes. for Chris Lucas Pronger Pizza. Lucas Pizza yeah, yeah. <laughs> as part of the Chris Pronger deal uh, Upshaw gets swapped for Carcillo and it's best we're, we're in an interesting ever. part of figuring out who we thought was going to be part of it yeah. versus who's actually going to be and it's like oh yeah Morgan Frost and Wade Allison. Maybe, maybe not. not. Yeah, maybe not. Steph, what's been your uh, biggest disappointment thus far? Their record. The fact that they're winning. Get the hell out of here with this. Like, Driver. This is, the this is the first season of the rebuild, and they're winning. Like, this is the first season that they've been like this. We're rebuilding. Us, we're doing this. And they're three one and one. <laughs> what are they doing? They're, they can't even. They can't Kelly even is horrified right now. They were <laughs> I know. they were the fourth worst team in hockey two years ago. This is the first year they're acknowledging yeah. the rebuild and allowed to say it. Said. But they've yeah. been fucking garbage for a long time. Also, you have I to know, remember, I've been I'm, here. I'm <laughs> I've been here. I think this is a point that you've made before, Charlie, is that a rebuild doesn't have to be many, many years of misery with high draft picks in order for it to work. Like, is that a way to rebuild yes it doesn't have to be the only way if this team ends up being good faster than we thought it was going to be that doesn't negate like let's say that they're a bubble team this year and somehow get a little bit better in the offseason and then they make the first round next year and they're out in the first round that doesn't mean the rebuild has failed we still have Mitchkov coming we have Gauthier coming they're going to get even better than that so this might just be a speeding up of the rebuild. And that's, I mean, I'm here for that. Listen, the oh. thing about this Flyers team, oh. the thing about this Lord. Flyers team is that like, they're ready to go on game time. 
Yeah. And I'm if sorry. you want to be ready to go on game time, <laughs> you need to get the game time app. Oh, Listen, man. buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And for the sake of time, get your overalls at FOCO, baby. FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They have everything you need for game day, whether it's hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, or the overalls. And they also have not just team apparel, but accessories, novelty items, toys, and collectibles. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. All right, do we want to, uh, to wrap things up? Do we want to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights? Or do we want to answer mailbag questions? I think we should talk a little bit about the Golden Knights. We, we, I, I think we've gone a little bit into it about how it would be a big deal if they not just beat the Golden Knights tonight, but also like legitimately hang with them or outplay them. I mean, they hung with Dallas. They outplayed Edmonton. This is a, a, a run, kind of a gauntlet run. You know, you could make a real case that these are three of the four favorites mm-hmm. to win the West. Edmonton, Dallas, Vegas, and the only one missing is Colorado. But those those are your four favorites. Yeah. And if they could go 2-0-1 against three of them, and not in a Carter Hart steals you game sort of way, but in a, wait a minute, like if, if, Car- if Carter Hart plays on Saturday, do they beat Dallas? Very well could. It's a possibility. It's- it took... It took a period for Urson to look like an NHL goalie again. Yeah. Charlie's turning into me slowly. Look, I, I want to go out We've got some breaking news, and it's not Ooh. specifically about the Flyers, but it is about the NHL. They have rescinded their decree about pride tape. Oh, did they? Oh, wow. What a fucking shock. Oh, my God. That took yeah, so because, long. Because they were going to have to deal with the problem of... Yeah. Connor McDavid or somebody going, yeah, go ahead and find me. Yeah. Well, Travis, and then they yeah. have to put out the fine. Travis yeah. Dermott. They have to announce it and be like, what did you get fined for? Oh, you know, so Putting voicing my support tape. of the yeah. LGBT exactly. community. Yeah, that would be rough. Well, Travis Dermott did it a few yeah. nights ago. He was the first. Obviously, yeah. Scott Lawton came out and said that oh, I'll just he, take the he, fine. he yeah. planned to do it um, during uh, during Pride Night later in the year. Possibly he would have done it sooner. I'm not sure. But now apparently you can. It, it, as, as you said, this really just boils down so to stupid. The, what you have to understand about the NHL in every single thing. They're incapable of getting out of their own way. It's not even yes. that. It's the fact that they, and this is the whole reason why they implemented these things in the first place, is because they, the thing they are terrified the most of is bad publicity. And they were terrified, <laughs> they, they, they were terrified <laughs> of what, the, they were terrified of it happening again with the jerseys and whatnot. So like, okay, can't do the jerseys anymore. And then this was like, oh, well, we don't want there to be any, we don't, we don't want to pop up on, you know, on Twitter, on right-wing media, on whatever. So let's just try to avoid it entirely. And then once they realized that players were just going to say, no, this is way too far. And then the negative publicity was going to be because if they actually wanted to follow the rules, they were going to have to find players for this. I kind of had a feeling that what, that, if the if NHL players call the NHL's bluff, the NHL was going to cave. So it doesn't I shock did. me they've caved because it's not because they're making some sort of moral stance. It's because they are terrified yes. of being embarrassed. They have no morals. They are a corporation. There are none. Uh, I will say I did think like the blowback. I don't understand the NHL's decision because it was fucking stupid. But when 19 out of 20 guys participate in something, nobody gets like that's good to me yeah like there's one asshole and everyone focuses on the dickhead where to me i was like 
Well, this means this isn't like a forced, if like everyone's going to do it because they actually believe in it or at least believe in Scott Lawton enough because it's his thing. Like, that means this is a team of good dudes with one asshole. And like, if the, if all of the publicity is about the one jerk and not this was a full team effort and everyone came together and did the right thing, like, uh, maybe we need, like, it's kind of on us a little for focusing so much on Proverov rather yeah. than everyone else and the couple of dudes on other teams who use the same excuse. I get where the NHL is coming from, but the outright ban it is fucking stupid. Also, stupid. There's no rule in the rule book about colored tape. Yeah, right. You can use any color yeah. tape. Yeah. Any color. Like, you were banning this specifically. That means you're banning expressions of like yeah. beliefs, and that's asinine. But enough on that. Uh, just with Vegas real quick, because we only have a few minutes left. I ran through the, uh, ran through the last two reads so we could get to this. The thing I want to talk about with Vegas is how it relates to the Flyers' rebuild. Hmm. They are ruthless. They, they are. are a ruthless yeah. organization. They're yeah, on they their are. third coach already. The previous two went to a cup in year one, and then they had a coach go to the conference final, and they fired him a year later. Uh, um, they just traded Riley Smith, one of the original misfits, for a third-round pick. We all remember what happened with Marc-Andre Fleury when they traded him and didn't even tell him. He found yeah. out on social media. Uh, they moved on from yeah Nate Schmidt, Paul Stasny. They've done all these things. They're ruthless, and you have to be. I like. I like. Like it. when I see what's happening with Morgan Frost and Wade Allison, yeah, feelings are gonna have to get hurt to be this. And like the Vegas Golden Knights have su have sustained success through the last six seven years, as well as pretty much any organization in hockey. They did miss the playoffs once, yeah, but they've been to the well, conference final like four of their yeah, six I mean, years. They rebounded for missing the playoffs, yeah. and then the next year they win the, the cup, cup. So they go to the conference final on a regular basis. You have to be this way, and I I love what they do, and I want the Flyers to be this ruthless. You got to know when to cut your losses with players. You can't just talk yourself into keeping a guy because you've sunk so much into either getting him on the team or developing him. You have to know when it's like, all right, you know what? He's just not good enough for this team. Bye. I do think Vegas is probably, and like you can't, you can't replicate it entirely because – in a salary cap era, you just can't. You're not allowed. No, they started at zero yes. and nobody else did. But, but I do think that Vegas is probably, in terms of mentality, the closest to an NFL the team. Ed Snyder run flyers uh, okay. in that they are constantly taking the big swing. Mm. Like it's, yo, biggest free agent. Yeah, we're in. Guys on the trade market, yeah, we want him. Like it's just, it's every time. It's like and not every move works. No. Like they go out and get to tar, and it's like, oh shit. Yeah, like yeah. wow, that doesn't work. But it just, it seems like they are now the the organization where if you're an agent of another team or an a, or an agent of another player, you leak. Even if it's not Vegas true, you leak that Vegas is interested because number one, they probably will be at some point, and number two, like it's the most believable thing yeah. because they're in on everybody. every other team. Is like, oh shit, yeah, probably, probably, probably. Yeah. Are. <laughs> they, they fire their coach on a regular basis. They're always in the conference final. They're and, in on everything. Yeah, I mean, you talk about firing coaches like yeah. that wasn't something Ed Snyder did every he year. Woke up, he woke up, <laughs> ate his breakfast, and fired a coach. Like that's what he did. Uh, something, something else. Uh, just did any of us pick vegas to repeat i did not i did no, i, I picked so. dallas to win the west i know i had edmonton do I don't you remember. Do either you remember picking vegas i did and i picked dallas i think i don't remember i don't remember who i picked i just i see what's going on out west vegas and colorado who you know the last two cup champs both undefeated did we underrate them were we trying to outsmart ourselves like these teams are Awesome. We maybe did underrate them, especially yeah. given the fact that like we finally got to see revitalize and fully back Jack Eichel in yeah. the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what if they get that guy for an entire season? Oh, boy. Yeah. They're, yeah. Maybe they're we did awesome. underrate them a bit. So there, this is going to be a real interesting game tonight. They are considerably better than the Flyers in basically all regards. Um, so we'll see how the Flyers deal. I thought we'll that about basically every game so far this season. And the Flyers are 3-1-1, one, and one, so who knows. Uh, do we have any uh, anything else before we close things out? Well, the Flyers get some luck by Alex Petrangelo not playing tonight, so that'll be cool. I really think something stupid's going to happen and they're going to win.
3-2. I really think the Flyers are going to win. What we need is we need a big Phillies win and then the Flyers do something real stupid afterwards as a celebration. A, a third straight That's exactly it. Sean Walker shorthanded goal. Oh, oh fuck yes. yeah. That's is what that, what, is that what we're going to get tonight? Yes. All right. That is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers for today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't figured it out, we're not doing pre and post because the game starts at 11 o'clock. Oh, just Outrageous. real quick thoughts on the Frozen Frenzy thing they're doing. From 6P all the way up until the Flyers. They're the main event at 11. Why? Different start times six uh, every 15 minutes, all 32 teams playing 16 games. Why wouldn't you have Why would you have an East Coast team <coughs> in the 11 p.m. game? You have the last game be Vegas, L.A. Yeah. This I is just don't know why you're doing it on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, Up too. against Major League playoffs and NBA season opening. You have like, like a, why not a do Saturday. this on a Saturday? Right, the whole I, all day, day could be hockey. Yeah, it would have been brilliant. I don't know. It's like the, the, the almost. The it's like an almost good idea. They almost. They always like, do. It's that. cool, yeah. but I'm I'm like wrapped up yeah. in in what the Phillies are doing. Right. Anyway, that's all the time we have for you. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for listening. My name is Bill Matz. For Kelly. For Steph. For Charlie. Ring the bell, Phils. <laughs> 